Here's the thing. I don't think you should have any personal contact with Tommy. Well, I, I really guess don't. we disagree. Well, honey, we do right? disagree, but please did, listen did to put, me. Excuse I'm me, did you, did you put a bra in a dryer? What? Did you put a bra in a dryer? Yes. How many times do I have to tell you? You don't put a bra in a dryer! It warps! Please, it's a bra. Hi. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> hi. It feels like you're saying hi to me, which is weird, because I see you all the time. I'm saying hi to everybody. Hey, everybody in the internet. What's up? Uh, Not much. No, that was to the people out there. Yeah, but they're not going to respond. That's okay. No. We're all a little stir-crazy. Yeah. We're all a little scared. We're all a little um, confused. And we're being led by a psycho. Yeah. So several of those things have been that way for years now. The stir-crazy's new. The stir-crazy's new. Scared and being led by a psycho. That's been around. Yeah, but I'm scared of more than just the psycho right now. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Although the psycho is not helping. No. So we thought we would bring you a little cheer in the form of a podcast. And Daniel has just left. Bye, everybody. Bye. He's gone. I've had it. <laughs> He's decided to run in to the streets and damn this virus. I had to shut the door to the kitchen so it wouldn't make like noises and stuff while we recorded. Well, also so Sadie wouldn't go in the kitchen. Yeah, we don't um, trust our producer. She doesn't hold her attention. I think you can't really hold her attention for very long, so. No. She's a little ADD. Uh, well, she's a dog. Yeah. But yeah. I do have actually a note about Sadie that includes something about Sadie. I thought I would read it today. It's one of our reviews oh. that I particularly enjoy because it mentions me. There you go. Um, this is from Lady Amanda MC. What up, girl? She titles it So Much Fun, which, yes. I mean, I think that I am so much Thanks, fun. Thanks, Lady Amanda MC. So much fun. You sound like a 90s DJ. You so- <laughs> We want to hear you jam, Lady Amanda. Yep. Lady Give it up for Lady Amanda MC. Yep. Lady Amanda. We need to name her Lady Amanda MC. Lady Amanda MC? Yeah, there we go. On the ones and the twos. On the ones and the twos. She says, I adore listening to these two. We adore you. Uh, Honestly, I want to be Tracy's best friend. Okay. Like, that, that, yeah. What did she say about me, though? Nothing, but I'm just telling you. But hold up. What did she say about me? She doesn't say anything about you. So no, no mention of me. No, she wants to be my best friend. Okay. And to which I say, absolutely. So we're best friends now. Just, you know, give me a holler. Yeah, come over. We're best friends. I'm literally, literally, the way that I make friends is I just find people I like and I say, we're friends now. And I've seen it happen. It's works like 99.9% of the time. Yeah. And the other 0.1%, they get a good story out of it. So I mean, it's really this crazy woman. And I'm like, well, you missed out. Then she says their conversations remind me that's the part about you. I get grouped into a collective noun. Their conversations remind me so much of the conversations I have with my husband. Honestly, every time Tracy speaks, I'm like, that's me. Well, then of course you want to be best friends because we're awesome. Keep up the good work. Also, I think your producer needs a raise. No. No. Lady Amanda, no. No. Did she make you write this? You are clearly... Is she paying you? 
Lady Amanda? You are clearly under the sway of our producer's big eyes and... Uh, Don't fall for that shit. No. No. Yeah. She does not need a raise. She needs to be fired. We're just yeah. too nice. Yeah. Thank you for the note, though, Lady Amanda. Yes, we appreciate that so, so much. And any any of you that want to leave us, uh, she left that on Apple Podcasts. And we please, please, please. love you for we love you for listening, mostly. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the most important thing is that you listen and you enjoy it. If you want to leave a rate and review, review, then that's even that's cool. That's super awesome. But we don't love you just because you review. We love you because you're you. And apparently my best friend. That was a great rhyme. <laughs> I like having new friends. This is good. So do you, do you have anything? Do I have any updates? <laughs> well, I mean, last week we did um, The Town. We did watch The Town. And we spoke in Boston, really bad Boston accents for the rest of the week. Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, there's something wrong with us, seriously. Yeah. Which you already knew. Yeah. But I'm, I was really glad. I also, our friend Travis Lemons sent me um, the link to all of the stuff that's in the... Um, oh, you're going to have to go take that away from Yeah, me. I am. That's all I can think about right now. Hold on. <laughs> I'll just keep talking. Keep thinking of what you were trying to say. There's, a, there's like an additional 30 minutes or something in the town. And Daniel was like, when, you know, I didn't watch that. I was like, I'm not watching... The extended edition. The extended edition. I'm not watching 30 minutes uh, more of this. And uh, so thankfully, I don't have to because I know what happens. And I have to say that about half of it, maybe a third, I'm like, okay, well, that would have been cool to know. But the other part, I'm like, I'm glad they didn't do that because that makes me like, that makes Ben Affleck's character so much less likable. So if you want to know about it, it's on IMDb. You can look it up, the extended edition. But for me, I'm happy that I did not see it. Doesn't he die in it? Yeah. Yeah, the extended edition, like... He's getting away from the heist. He goes back into drugs. Oh. He, um, like, doesn't like what's-her-name anymore and, like, gives all the money to um, the to Blake Lively. Oh. It's weird. Yeah, that's less fun. Yeah. I imagine I imagine they showed it to a test audience, and they were like, bummer. And so they're like, okay. Well, well I saw it. a deleted alternate ending that was on YouTube where after the final heist, when Ben Affleck's getting away, dressed as a transit worker, he comes across the dudes that he and Renner had intimidated earlier that they went to beat up. Yeah. They're waiting for him. And they're like, where's your boy? And he's like, my boy's not here. And they take the money and shoot him. Oh. Yeah. You know what? That's less fun, too. We should probably say, welcome to How Have You Not Seen This? Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome, everybody. This is How Have You Not Seen This. You figured it. You knew that. Look. You clicked on it. How is it playing on your phone if you didn't know what it was? I can't do everything for you. I mean, I'm right next to you. Hi. But like, yeah. You clearly chose How Have You Not Seen This. You know what you're listening to. Or you skipped on forward. So welcome, skippers. Yeah, you're welcome. Hello. Uh, So this is a podcast where a husband and wife, which is me, Daniel Carlson. And me, Tracy Carlson. Take turns showing each other movies that the other one hasn't seen yet. Yeah. So that's why we're talking about movies. Yeah. So last week, Daniel showed me The Town. It was new for her. It was new for me. And this week, I decided I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I've been very excited about it. But I wanted to find the right time. We, We really look at our list and we're like okay we did an 80s movie maybe we need to do a 90s maybe we need to do this you know drama this or that we don't want to just because otherwise i would just end up showing you 80s comedies that daniel has never seen this week is hedwig and the angry itch from two inch 
I did what you you did that to me. God damn it. <laughs> Edit that out. Maybe. No. <laughs> God damn it. You did that to me. Because we were talking about I was we were, first of all, we watched Hedwig and the Angry Inch. And I was telling Tracy yesterday how when I was younger when it came out, um, I didn't know much about the movie and I heard the title and I never knew if it was Inch or Itch for like years. I never knew which one it was. And then I had to laugh because in the movie at the beginning, there's actually like a joke about that. Like their their manager lady's like, no, no, it's inch, not itch. Yes. And I was yes. like, oh, that's funny. Their manager, Andrea Martin. So that's why it's in your head. Sorry. That's why it's in my head. Yes. <laughs> Hedwig, John Cameron Mitchell, and Stephen Trask's Hedwig and the Angry Inch, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic musical that is adapted from the 1998 off-Broadway show of the same name, written directed and starring John Cameron Mitchell and Stephen Trask uh, is also in it and does the music. And I'll talk about that, you know, later. I saw this movie for those of you in Houston. I saw this movie in the upper level, that little tiny shitty theater part of the, the tiny part of the river Oaks three where you're like, you feel like you're just like in your bedroom when there's a big screen right there. I watched it and I was like, I literally ran out and went to Sound Warehouse, what, what, and bought the soundtrack because I loved it so, so much. It blew, blew my hair back. Daniel, of course, was 19 at the time and like a super Republican asshole. No, I was, I was not a Republican asshole. I was a sheltered, insecure, conservative idiot. Okay. Yes. A different breed. Of fear-based living. Indeed. Yes. Going to a really, going to a college, a super religious college. And so this movie would not have been up his alley, but it was perfect for me. And I was very happy to see it. So I was super excited because I knew that this Daniel would appreciate it. I hoped because I, because it's weird and awesome and weird. So I'll ask, even though we just kind of answered it, how have you not seen this? Uh, yeah, I had not seen it because it came out in 2001. Yes, 2001. So that would have been uh, the spring of 01 was my freshman year of college. and the fall of 01, I was a sophomore. And I was still, I went to a, a private religious university. I'm not trying to like throw anybody under the bus or name any names. Let's but it, it. It, it rhymes with Schmabeline Christian University. <laughs> um, and that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say because I respect people's privacy in their lives. But so... I was at Schmabeling, and <laughs> I was a conservative. You were at you. Yeah, I was. A, I was a conservative, scared, insecure kid <laughs> who'd been taught that every desire you feel that is remotely sexual will be consigning you to the eternal hellfires of doom very shortly. Please stop touching yourself. Don't have sex with that girl. Just basically be afraid of everything your body's doing except sneezing. Just. Run from it and so fear. like the opposite of what college is supposed to be. Yeah, it was a super bummer. Um, yeah. So anyway, I wound up spending the spring of my junior year in LA doing an internship and taking some film courses at a at an exchange program. And that was the beginning of a of a lot of big, wonderful transformations for me. And I came back from that semester for my senior year, much, much, much more progressive and liberal. I wrote a column in the school paper about 
why it's okay to be gay and like slamming people who who um, decried it for religious reasons, which did not go over well with some people. It got banned. Didn't that get banned? No, but it didn't. It didn't go over well. Okay. Did the the One that, you wrote something that got banned. Yeah, we tried to write a we tried to write a feature story about uh, gay students at, on campus, but uh, the president of the university uh, spiked it, removed it from publication the day before it was supposed to run. So because we didn't have any First Amendment rights, because we were a student newspaper. At a private Christian school that was a function of the administration, so there's nothing you can do. Love you, Schmacy. You. Yeah. So anyway, I'm traveling, and <laughs> if I'd seen this movie even like my junior or senior years, and especially into my 20s as I graduated, I would have probably really found a lot of beautiful, moving stuff in it. Yeah. Even just that soon, because it's amazing how quickly you can change and evolve in college, and how much happens in those those few years. But if I'd seen this when it came out as a sophomore. It would have been too much for me to handle because it would have been asking too many questions and making me examine too many things from a place of grace and acceptance and forgiveness that I was at that point not programmed to tolerate. Yeah. Um, it's a good and so I just way I, to put it. But I, I knew of the title. I heard about it because I was a big movie fan um, going back to high school and then got more into movies in college. So I, I heard about it, knew it came out, knew it was a, a rock musical. I knew it was, you know different and weird i knew i knew it became a cult favorite pretty fast because yeah. it didn't make like a huge financial <laughs> splash or anything at all no and it lost it just, a lot it was of just money. around and so i just never saw it and then i knew of it and then of course as, as time went on it just became one of those things that i knew of but you never got around to seeing and so that's why even though it came out 19 years ago and it I've, got its criterion release last year yeah criterion collection just put out what, what? Uh, a blu-ray and dvd set that's got you know a nice transfer, documentaries, making up stuff, essays, tons of good stuff. Oh, yeah. Basically bank on that. If there's a movie that you love and Criterion has put out a version of it, it's probably going to be worth picking up just because it's going to be really, really well presented and have lots of fun extras. But, yeah, I just I never saw it until now. So that's how come I haven't seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Its budget was $6 million. Um, that's nothing. And it made 3.6. Oh, my God. But now that's... That it became this huge cult thing, and so I imagine that they have more than made up for yeah. that, especially you know with people renting and all that. I mean, yeah. like I longer imagine term. Oh yeah. Plus, it also as we'll talk about, you know, John Cameron Mitchell went on to do other things, the director. So, if this, even though this particular movie wasn't a financial success at the time. It was influential and led to lots of positive things for the people involved. His financial success, just as a mm-hmm. as a teaser, um, the film came out and had its cult, you know, following. But in 2014, they brought it to Broadway. They have these famous actors come and cycle through the roles. So they've had Neil Patrick Harris. They've had Michael C. Hall. They've had shit. Um, oh my God! No, so many more. Those people. are two phenomenal performers, no, right there. No, so many more. Um, super hot guy from Rent, um, and married to Adina Menzel, and the main dude. Yes, Mark. No, not no, Mark. No, married to Adina the, Menzel. The rock star guy. Super hot black guy. Oh, oh, oh! Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs uh, did it. Multiple people have done it. Tay Diggs, the guy who just rightfully wanted to collect the rent he was owed. Yes. Rent, 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 rent. We're not gonna pay rent. This movie makes fun of rent. Everything. It does. Which is funny. I was like, I know. Oh, they're taking the piss. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, what John Cameron Mitchell says, let's just call him John. 
or JCW or so I don't know. John JCM. Mitchell. JCM. Yeah. Mitchell. I'm not good at letters. JCM. <laughs> I'm not good at letters. <laughs> Just put that on your shirts what he when you says walk up to people. Is the money has come from uh, the show, not the movie. The stage show, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. And he does not make like all of his money. His this is really um, it's something that I'll that I can mention again. But his uh, basically life is taking care of his mother who has Alzheimer's. So everything mm-hmm. that he does is to make money to take care of her. And it's really fucking hard. And it reminds you, and you have talked to me about this before, um, that like we see people in movies, we see people, I I have a friend, um, we both have a, a friend who is in a lot of movies and TV shows, and you're like, oh, he must be rich. And you're like, no, no. <laughs> he's a working actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see a guy who directs stuff and who's in stuff, and you're like, well, he must be so rich. No, no, yeah, like I'm, he's he's trying to make. There's no guarantee there. You're the the um. It's very. I, it seems to me, and I could be totally mm-hmm. wrong, that it's not quite as bad as the ninety nine percent and one percent, but it's definitely more. I don't think it's far off. I mean, I remember when I was actually coincidentally in L A. learning about uh, more of the film industry when I was in college and taking those classes. And that's when I learned that those like superstars you see that on like award shows and stuff, that's like the stratosphere. Like yeah. that's insane. Yeah. The it's a it's a small fraction of like the union that just makes enough money each year to live comfortably on like those gigs, you know? Um and, and it's it's it is as people probably forget, a permanent freelance uh industry. You don't like make a movie and they're like oh no i'm rich forever like you have to make another movie and then another movie yeah. like it is gig to gig to gig eternally yes it is it's non-stop so yeah it's it's super hard to yeah. to sustain in that industry yeah yeah so i just i just thought i would throw that in yeah. let me so there's i have so many different synopses should i talk about do wait do we talk synopsis or do i talk about do i like it first i or? do a synopsis i think okay don't right. i sure we actually make this up every time we really do we're really not, I mean... We're professionals. We're super professional. Yep. Um, well, you know what? I'll read this very short synopsis. Hit him with a short one. Hit me with your best shot. Fire away. Pat. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hedvig, as played by John Cameron Mitchell was retelling her life in a cabaret format. Oh, this is talking... Okay, so this is talking about when it was on um, Off-Broadway. Well, it doesn't matter. Born Hansel Schmidt in East Germany, Hedwig is a confused but talented singer who underwent a botched, I'll say, sex change operation at the behest of her GI lover. This will allow them to marry and emigrate to the West. This is during um, the 80s when the wall was up and um, Hedwig lived in... Uh, the East in East Berlin. Uh, the relationship does not work out. Hedwig ends up alone in a Kansas trailer park. There, Hedwig coaches a singer named Tommy Speck, played by Michael Pitt, creepily, transforming him into a megalomaniac rock star named Tommy Gnosis, while Hedwig is left playing tiny theaters. This is from The Artery uh, by Jim Sullivan. Um, I have, in fact... So many sources that I will get to all of them, but I want to make sure that I, you know, tell everybody 
where everything is from. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a that's a very bad. Sh- I mean, not it's not poorly written, but it's a very short. No. Yeah. And and that that comes out in the the movie, which again I have not. I've of course. I should say, I've not seen any of the stage productions ever. Right. But the movie makes it pretty clear. I mean, we were talking about this last night. There's not like a plot plot per se. It's rather Hedvig recounting the stories of her life through these songs. Mm-hmm. And you, the, the very, very loose plot is Hedvig and her band are following Tommy Gnosis as he tours because Hedvig claims to have written all the songs and well, she did yeah, exactly but that's the, the claim she's making publicly yes and so is trying to get that attention and so she's performing at different little you know chain restaurants at Bilge each stop waters. Bilge waters at each little stop that tommy's mega tour is on so each one is set in a different city and it's just the next song and then it fades into like flashbacks and memories and it just kind of retells how her life got to there and then how to move forward yes so, mm-hmm. yes it's fucking beautiful mm-hmm. Um, also, John Cameron Mitchell and drag is so fucking gorgeous. I can't stand it. Yep. That's just what I need to say. And I want, I wish they didn't test. This is just totally random, but this is, that's this podcast. I wish they didn't test on animals because, uh, I was a huge Mac girl and I can't wear Mac anymore because they test on animals, but they did the whole, they did all the makeup and I, I mean, I recognize, I recognize it and I just want that lip color. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so Tell me what you thought of the movie. Uh, I thought it was fucking awesome to use a technical critical term. Uh, It gets seven jalapenos. (laughs) Out of what? I don't know. I'm making it up. Um, (laughs) When I was growing up, I grew up in San Antonio, and the critic at the Express News was a man named Larry Ratliff, who for all I know was a nice guy in real life. But I was such a sniff your own farts kid just god what a fucking prick i want to travel back in time now and either give myself advice or kick my ass i don't know which one but (laughs) he did the movie reviews and instead of stars he rated them with jalapenos so larry says three and a half jalapenos like instead of four stars four jalapenos i'm a little bit in love with larry larry ratliff i mean again now i think it's hilarious and like a great local gimmick and I bear the man no ill will. We've never met. He doesn't know who I am. But as a kid, I was such a, like, this fucking guy with his jalapenos. But, like, now I'm like, who gives a shit? Whatever. Larry Ratliff. Yeah. You've worked with guys like Larry Ratliff now. Yeah, I know. And when you were in the Houston Film Critics Society. There was a guy that applied to be in the Houston Film Critics Society that actually did reverse ratings of movies. No, instead of Instead of stars for, like, how much he liked it, he would rate it with poop emojis for how much he hated it. So... Why in the why in the hell would anybody want to read something so negative? Negative. Also, you have to do math every time. So like <laughs> if it has no icons, that means he loves it. If it has like five icons, that means he hates it a lot. Super hated it. Yeah, so I don't remember his name. I just thought it was like a dumb it was it was not good writing and it was a really bad gimmick and I was like, Well, bless your heart, move on. But anyway. So, I also hate the poop emoji, but that's just me. Me too. Why is it smiling? I don't know, but I just don't like poop in general. It also has a face. And the poop emoji, I'm seriously grossed Does out it by eat? it. What happens when it eats? I don't know. I'm upset by it. Anyway, uh, no, I thought Hedvig was great. I love a good musical. Yeah. I love a good musical. Musicals to me are like one of the purest, greatest forms of movie making and f- cinema. Like, it's a thing that lets you do stuff that is just so surreal and reality bending and creative and different and weird that in other movies, you would have to either explain or just beg the audience's forgiveness or like it would look weird. But musicals just let you play with stuff in such an inventive, 
reality bending way and i love it like that's one of the, the great things about them you never you never stop to think why are they singing like and this yeah. one even has like the band singing songs so it makes sense and so it's grounded in a lot of that reality but there are moments especially toward the end that are reality bending and there are of course a lot of animated interstitials but i thought the music was awesome really really great catchy songs Hell i yeah. thought john cameron mitchell did a great job performing them i thought the story of hedvig's um youth and evolution and heartbreak and then spiritual and philosophical reunification of his identities sorry her identities and and that no self, his i mean yeah that his he doesn't yeah. like pronouns exactly uh his identities in himself like that that split and those identities and the way these things come together and form and like the way that that is mirrored in the songs about love and, and heartbreak and coming back together and it's really well shot they get so much out of their budget like it's really creatively shot too so it doesn't feel like a cheap movie, even though they made it for like very little money in the late 90s. Um, and it's just really fun, great, just moving, emotional, connecting movie. Sad. Like it's, it's Sad. heartbreaking it is. in it's, so it's many ways. So many ways. But it, it, it builds to this wonderful finale and it ends in such a great place, like both from a narrative sense and a, a spiritual sense and a, a tonal sense. Yep. It's just, a, it's really, really good. I have so, so much information that we will not get to all of it. Guaranteed. But I'm going to give you guys all the articles because I want you to read. I want you to see this and I want you to read these articles because they are, they're really, really good. I, I mean, I found a bunch that I didn't really need to use and I can give you those too, but the ones that I do have, I mean, the Criterion one alone, I was like, I can't highlight an entire article. Like that's Who insane. wrote the essay? Uh, Stephanie Zacharek. Zacharek, yeah. Zacharek, yes. Good critic. She wrote one hell of an essay. She's a great, great writer. I was like, seek well, her, fuck, girl. Seek her, seek her out on Twitter. I think her handle's like S. Zacharek. I can't remember. Stephanie, like Stephanie, and then Zacharek, Z-A-C-H-E-R-E-C? No, that's E-K. Not. E-K. Sorry, E-K. Stephanie Zacharek. Really good writer. Yeah. Oh, Emily Hubley is who I wanted to mention. Emily Hubley does, she is the really brilliant animator. She does all the drawings. Um, some of the some of the stuff in the musical is, is animated or is accompanied by animation, or you see drawings. Like he does drawings when he was a little boy, but the drawings are by Emily Hubley, who is the daughter of... Uh, these experimental animators and she herself is a very I'm going to put one of her pictures on Instagram but she's incredible and she animates one of the most important songs of uh of the movie called The Origins of Love which I love um so were you I'm sorry I interrupted you no you didn't keep going did you have stuff to say no I don't think so uh, um no it was then be quiet okay. I'm in charge I'll no. leave I'll take off <laughs> Uh, no, I was. It was just a really, really great movie. I thought the songs were great. I thought the characters were poignant and interesting and expressive. I thought it was a really, really well told story and really compelling and interesting. And just, I really connected with it. It was super good. Great songs. Don't you know me, Kansas City? I'm the new Berlin Wall. Try and turn me down.
toe tapping good stuff during the movie and then like they were in my head all night and I just ran out to get some food and was listening to the soundtrack in the car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know that because I looked up on Spotify I didn't know that they had the Broadway version on Spotify too so I didn't listen to that because I just know the movie one and I'm I such think a that one has Neil Patrick Harris I think, I think so but I'm such a nerd that like I pulled up the movie soundtrack and I was annoyed that the songs were not in the order they're in in the movie. Be- I get to be the same way. Because, well, because it's a show. It's yeah. not like a soundtrack album from a movie that's just a bunch of pop hits put on there. Yeah. Like the songs appear in the movie in a certain order because that's the emotional arc of the movie. So they appear in a different order on the soundtrack album and that bugged me because i was like yes the finale is like halfway through and then there's more songs i was like what are you doing it, yeah and but i think also that's like telling of the time they're like put out the soundtrack album like they weren't thinking of it as like a show show album, but i think i i think if i remember right i checked the uh the broadway version on spotify and it's in you know show order which it makes yeah. sense I, you can't listen to a musical out of order yeah uh i'm looking at the uh soundtrack on um Wikipedia and it's out of order. Yeah, it's out of order on Spotify. I'm, and I'm guessing, of course, on the album and CD and everything. And that just bugged me because I was like, ah, oh, that's annoying. Like it starts with with uh, Tear Me Down. Mm-hmm. But then it goes right into Origin of Love. And I was like, I've only seen this movie once, like 12 hours ago. But that song has to be later than that. There's no way it's number two. And the finale, Midnight Radio, is like halfway through the album. Oh, actually, no, this is right. Midnight Radio is last. On the Broadway version, yeah. No, no, I'm looking at the oh, okay. um, the movie. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about this. Has a lot of this. This movie is as much about John Cameron Mitchell as it is about anything else, and it also came at a time when we were not as mm, I'm going to use this word woke as we are now. I just used that word. Everyone is. And this is awesome, and it makes my heart happy in this shit time that we mm-hmm. live in. People are so much more comfortable saying, I'm uh, an NB, I'm, which I learned from my friend Melissa, non-binary. I'm, you know, cisgender, blah, blah, blah. I'm this, and everybody's got a, they're like giving you their pronouns, and they're giving you their, right. I'm queer, I'm trans, I'm... The word um, trans is an acceptable and embraced noun now. Exactly. And, 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 and the I, word tranny is a slur. Yes. But, I mean, this is 20 years ago, and it was... 20 years ago, yeah. it was okay to say... Don't say it. Okay. The F. The F word. Yeah. But not the fun F word, which is fuck. Yep. And so that was fine. That was fine to say. And, um... I mean, it wasn't fine. It was upsetting. yeah, or like or like a gay as a slur meaning stupid, the R word, things like that. But yeah. I mean, I was thinking about that. There's this just to your point, real quick. It reminded me I was rewatching Moneyball the other day, and <laughs> I know long story. Toward the end, Brad Pitt's character, who's invented a new program of running baseball, he like didn't succeed, and the guy he's talking to is like, "I know you're taking it in the teeth out there, but the first guy through the wall, he always gets bloody. Always." That's, that's the only way movements and change happen. There has to be stuff like Hedvig that comes out and is about a transgender rock star and is just like, and gets abandoned by pop culture and overlooked and is like, whoa, that is really pushing us forward, you know? Yeah. And now, if you created and wrote this story, the reception would be totally different. But you can only do that and get that different reception now because 20 years ago, 
this show was pushing those limits. I think one of the sad things, though, in this movie is that he was not trans. He was forced into being trans. Yes, exactly. And um, one of the things, he's not actually, as he puts it, it's what I'm working with. He's mm-hmm. left with this botched, like, hat, like inch of mound, uh, mound of, of flesh, flesh they call that's it. just, yeah. like... I don't even understand how it works. They don't explain it. Yeah. But it, it's very sad because he then you see him um, after his husband leaves him. Uh, her. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what they would what how they would have put it in the movie. Neither. Um, you see her in a chair watching the TV and the walls coming down. And they're like, man, all, all these Berliners needed was patience. And the wall came down. Oh, my God, that hurt. And you think... If she just waited, waited like two years, yeah, because uh, like the wall was about to come down, yeah, when she had that operation backfire and, and leave, yeah, and so um, that's one of the things that's that's brought up a lot in a lot of these articles is it's like it wasn't necessarily John Cameron Mitchell does not see her as trans, I right. find it, but um, let me I'm gonna read some stuff. There's a fantastic article uh, on Vanity Fair. I mean, it's Vanity Fair. I fucking love Vanity Fair. Um, by Chris as a party. What's up, Chris? Back in June 25th of 2019, why Hedwig and the Angry Inch still sings and blows Bohemian Rhapsody away. I love this pull quote. I mean, I read it even though I know a lot of you loved Bohemian Rhapsody. Didn't see it. Um, J. Cam says... Everyone knew Bohemian Rhapsody was going to suck. Why did they go see it? I don't get it, laughs John Cameron Mitchell as his classic queer film gets a new Criterion release. In a way, we had to do a fictional story to avoid the cliches that real people fall into, which is an interesting point. Mm -hmm. The character is a survivor and picks up the pieces and makes something beautiful out of them. Uh, Talking about, speaking about Hedwig. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. The 2014 updated musical revival on Broadway won four Tonys. Oh. Neil Patrick Harris, Darren Chris, uh, who was on, I believe, Glee. Yeah, that um, name is so familiar. Yeah, he was oh. on Glee. Michael C. Hall, Andrew Rannells, who is one of my favorite. The d- from everything. He's Gay Price. Was it, didn't he play King George, too, in Hamilton? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We joke, my brother, if you want to see my brother as a gay man, just Andrew Rannells. Look, that's Rannells. Rannells. That's who he is. They could be the same person. It's really eerie. Not eerie that he's gay, just eerie that you know what I'm saying. Let's move on. Okay. Tay Diggs and John Cameron Mitchell um, went back and did it. Uh, he says, Hedwig wasn't a real moneymaker ever except on Broadway. It was the only time I only really ever made money from Hedwig, and it all went into my mom's health care. Oh, um, that keeps it pure. It really does. Um, I know. Hedwig was created out of necessity as an exploration of Mitchell's feelings on sexuality before language around gender had evolved to the point it's reached in 2019. Yes. See? Yes, that's, and that's, sorry, I know you're going to keep no, reading, no. but like, that's so much of what this feels like. This feels like these songs and this story are like reaching for things that like we're trying to figure out how to describe. Yes. And it's just so, that's what makes it hit so hard. Yes. He says, if I was coming up now in high school, I'd identify as non-binary slash trans just to free myself of that so-called binarchy, the director said, adding that labels should be about freedom as opposed to tying people to another set of rules, an idea he believes Hedwig represents. I like that. I like that. Yeah. And he does want to make sure people know 
that it was never a movie about David Bowie. You made a good point. It's not as simple or as clear cut as it's about a transgender rock star. Yes. It is this. That's the thing. Like Hedwig is positioned from the from the first song as, you know, that wall between man and woman, between slavery and freedom, between East and West. Like it's this intentionally in the middle thing. Yes. And that's that that sense of tension is built into it. That's yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Chris writes, Hedwig's release in the early aughts also worked in its favor as indie films, you'll appreciate this, were still a booming art form. People still, and I think maybe they're coming back, do you think? Uh, it depends on... I mean, there's that creepy one you just watched. That's kind of an indie film. Midsummer. Yeah. I loved Midsummer. Yes, and it's creepy, it's but... It's so good. Oh my God. Admit that it's creepy. It's so creepy. You should watch it and we can do it on the show. I will beat you up. <laughs> no, um, I think it depends on, honestly, the, the rollout because... Lulu Wang, who did uh, The Farewell, has talked about this. Like, Netflix would not have been financially successful for, for her movie. Mm. They needed the theatrical rollout. So, but yeah, like in the late 90s and even into the early aughts, you could get stuff like Donnie Darko into yeah. movie theaters. Yeah. But whereas now it's just, it's so, so difficult. Well, I mean, Hedwig did, wasn't in the big theaters. It was at River Oaks 3. So, yeah, that it tells seems you like it would have played like the art house theaters nationwide like i'm sure it played several several houses in like new york and la yeah i love that it came to houston that's awesome that it made the the river oaks the landmark landmark river oaks but, three yeah wine garden please don't tear it down you fucking bastards yeah i can think of like one theater in san antonio at least when i was growing up there 20 years ago that it would have played maybe but not a ton yeah you know um he says, uh, 20 years ago, the smart people would look for the film that was well-reviewed, no matter who was in it or what it was about, he said. While these days, rather than displaying an interest in more obscure films and low-profile talent, moviegoers have become smart people seeking out stupid things. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a little Marty Scorsese in there. Yeah, exactly. And the, there's it's hard to fight against that urge of the audience to get the familiar, you know? Yeah. Which is, again, one of the things that, in their classic form, honorable film critics acting in good faith could do that work of saying here's a thing you should try and see and i think it's great and and let's talk about that not who's in it or that marvel made it or the blah 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 yes. you know and that's when i was a film critic one of the things that i enjoyed the most was finding a random movie and saying hey check this out um i saw a movie a few years ago called bird people with josh charles it's half in french no one's heard of it but it's so good and i was like this is great because I can share it and pass that along to people. For sure. That's the fun part. Yeah. You know? Hedwig, however, still resonates with viewers, particularly those who have found themselves on a quest for identity that mirrors Hedwig's own. When she takes the wig down from the shelf, <laughs> you'll hear that, uh, and defines herself, creates herself, everyone can relate to that part of it. The idea of self-invention and self-discovery and defining yourself. And in the end, Hedvig lets go of drag and walks into the world naked as this is me. I'm a gender of one. I fucking love that. Yeah. I'm a gender of one. That is, I'm going to find more stuff that he says. He, John Cameron Mitchell, I'm going to say, is a fucking smart man. Yeah. Like, and he's just a smart reading his writing i'm like oh you're very clever yeah because again the setup of the of the musical is that hedvig is following tommy from stop to stop on tommy's tour because hedvig wrote all the songs that tommy's now taken and recorded as his own yes and a much more conventional story approach would have built the resolution around that either tommy 
forfeiting the rights of the songs or agreeing to share them or they have some kind of reconciliation and they're happy or they're wistful or they like move on. But this builds to a finale that happens in some like enhanced reality space that blurs the lines of what's really going on and like goes for a bigger philosophical thing. And it's oh, yeah. so much cooler than a more typical story would be. Yeah, I should say, um, and if I'm wrong, let me know. But I remember reading this somewhere. And of course, I can't find it now because I had 14 articles I was reading for this. Well, baby loves tabs. <laughs> And the drink. Um, I There's an 80s reference for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I used to drink tab. I've never had it. Like a lot of it. What's it taste like? <sighs> just like a Diet Coke or something? Yeah, but it's it was like a low calorie saccharin thing? in it. It's just, was that it's his thing? Disgusting. Low calorie or low yeah, sugar? Yeah, it's or? no sugar. Okay. I was, I was allowed, put quotes up, mm-hmm. I was allowed to drink it because it didn't have any sugar mm-hmm. back when my... What a fun um, childhood. Yeah, I had a super great time. I only know Tab from Back to the Future where he walks in and is like, give me a Tab. And he's like, I can't get you a Tab unless you order something. Okay. Well, like, well give we, me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. We've gone off the rails. Um, then he gets a coffee. Oh, my God. I hate you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, that I learned was that uh, the role of Itzhak, who is in the band and um, Hedwig's husband, is played by Miriam Shore, who is a woman, but the character is a man. And if I'm not mistaken, the character is always played by a woman, even though the character is a man. Yeah. Which is very interesting. It is. And in the finale, when they're playing the final show and Hedvig has stripped of the drag and is on stage presenting as a man with the cross on his head that Tom, that he gave to Tommy Gnosis. And then Itzhak jumps off the stage to crowd surf and lands as a woman in a dress. No, no, no. Drag. Drag. Oh, but like, but is, but as a woman. Yes. And so it, to, it, to me, it's about like, oh, like. These people like finally crossing these boundaries they wanted to get in. What they want. Yes. And so it's really interesting. That's what Itzhak wanted. You see him throughout the film wanting to try on the wigs, wanting really Mm -hmm. desperately wanting to be a woman be yep. and and not being allowed to and right. it's really sad which i I'm, i think i might have spoken eh. a minute ago yes but uh, what i read in the film is when when Itzhak jumps off and appears as a woman it's the actual actress it's the actress in, yeah it's in Mary a dress sure. yes yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. it's not a man in drag it is that woman pl- who is playing that role so in uh indiewire jude dry uh back in june 28 2019 so he wrote this she she wrote this jude i'm sorry we don't have a biopic jude we need, who we need a photo. are you we need a photo listen it's a really cool name and i dig it it's a very cool name but like jude but you know what we shouldn't we shouldn't worry about uh, no, that sort of thing not jude, on the hedwig we episode don't, we don't care who you are we'll try and go with like a they or just say jude 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 wrote a great piece they said. And they, yes, for IndieWire. Um, Hedwig became a symbol of creative freedom for a generation of queer people just beginning to explore alternative expressions of gender, sexuality, and desire. Uh, for many trans people, it was the first positive portrayal of a trans character they had ever seen on screen, though Mitchell disputes the label. Yes. I've never thought of Hedwig as trans because of the coercion, Mitchell said, because um, his yes. Hedwig's husband and mother were both like, you're going to do that. Right. 
um, Hansel, the boy, was quite comfortable being the feminine gay boy. He was gay. He was it's gay. not like he yeah. was. It's not like he was a straight guy and who. What he was gay. Yeah, he but, was gay. Um, he was, in a way, forced into a kind of mutilation. There was no choice. There was no agency. It was the patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy. Yeah, that's Saying, why. you've got to do this to be married, to get out, to be free. So to me, it's more of a statement about the binarchy. He added, many trans, non-binary, queer, straight people have said it felt activating for them at a certain age. I've never, from people I've actually met, had any negative reaction because it's a freeing thing. Well, see, that's the thing. That's why it can be both. Like... Mitchell didn't ex- didn't intend Hedvig to be a trans character, but if you are trans and see this, it still speaks to you of freedom and being who you are and like crossing that bridge. Yes, you know, so it can be both things. Mitchell doesn't have to mean it as that thing for it to matter to you as that thing. Yes, the very first song, um, "Tear Me Down." Yeah, "Tear mm-hmm. Me Down." Just "Hello Kansas," you know. It yeah, just with holds the wings. Up the wings yeah. and just I mean, it's fucking. You feel it right then. You're like, mm-hmm. oh my god, the power of this person. Oh yeah, and like the and power of it starts with just songs. like this great Broadway rock, just kick drum, just boom, and you're like, I'm fucking in for this. Yes, like, yes, yeah. Um, Mitchell uh, says it's a metaphor and it's a fairy tale. Also on stage, it's played by all genders. So there you go. I welcome all genders. It's a mask. Drag is a mask that you put on. It's more about drag than a trans thing. Now, this will this will make you pop because it made me really mad, but it did not surprise me at all. Um, This part didn't make me mad. This one. Okay. You remember during the movie when you see Hedwig on Rosie O'Donnell? Yes. Okay. That really happened. stars in the critically acclaimed off-Broadway show Hedwig and the Angry Inch. It's the story of a young man who received a botched sex change operation, becomes a rock star, and sings about how we're all start, we all start off as one and are split into two and spend the rest of our lives in search of the person who makes us whole again. Here singing the origin of love, John Cameron Mitchell. John yes. Cameron Mitchell went, do you remember that? No, but I figured. Yeah, John Cameron Mitchell went with Stephen Trask and the band. Mm-hmm. The band in the movie, by the way, is Stephen Trask's actual band. So mm-hmm. that's why they're so good. And um, it's also why they convincingly play musicians. Yes, like, because they are. They don't have to like practice looking good holding guitars that are then dubbed. Like They actually know what they're doing. Yes. At the time of the first stage show, drag was incendiary enough for many mainstream audiences. Mitchell recalls Rosie O'Donnell having to fight her producers to show a number from Hedwig on her daytime talk show. I oh. loved that talk show so much. That, she was and great. that was on when I was in high school. And Tell me, can you hear me? We all loved the Rosie show. We yes. Would, like, we would all go home and be like, yeah, we're going to watch Rosie right now. Like, yeah. we all loved her talk show. She was fantastic. Um, I remember when she freaked out when Tom Cruise yeah. came. That was well, no, like I was going to say, though, I figured he was actually on her show, like from the Broadway show or whatever, because just because I thought even a movie like this, they're not going to have the budget to like fake that or like get in that studio for a day to like do that yeah. to get the rights. She, he needs to actually be on that and yeah. then they can just get the clip from the yeah. people. Yeah, and, so. and she had to fight them. Now, here's the one that really sucks. Yeah. David Letterman, however, fought against inviting Hedvig to late yeah. night. I ripped the wig off at the end of Tear Me Down, and during rehearsal, a voice from the booth said, um, could you please not remove the wig during the song? Mitchell remembers of the late night performance. So I removed the wig during the song when we did the show, and they cut it out. Letterman usually comes down and shakes your hand, but he didn't shake mine. So he ma- they made it onto Letterman. Yeah. And he took the wig off during the performance. Even and, though they asked him not to. And so they, they cut that away in the final broadcast and then just 
ended the show. Yeah. 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 No Which, surprise there. Fuck you, man. Like, yeah. whatever. And it's that, you know, it's the old guard. Like, you're going to... That's what I love. We have all these old men out there, and they're like railing against and and i'm just thinking you're 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 yelling just against a big wall you've lost you've lost plus cbs has to sell dishwashers in oklahoma like letterman's like let's try not to rock the boat too much you know yeah but you're not gonna win no of course you've lost exactly we're coming and -hmm. we're not gonna change just because you it makes you uncomfortable you're gonna die and then we're gonna be able to do whatever we want yep and I'm not asking for anyone to die soon. I want my daddy to live forever. He will. Um, just out of sheer... Fucking spite. Can you believe it? <laughs> my mother is indestructible. She's had breast cancer yeah. twice. Yeah. She's like, ah, screw you, breast cancer. No, actually, it's more of, oh, screw you, breast cancer. I've got shopping to do, and I'm mm. going to France. Y'all. Y'all, now listen. I need my cigarettes and my glass of white wine with ice cubes in it, and I'm just going to smoke my way to a long life. Yep. And everyone's like, how is your mom? I'm like, don't ask. I don't. No, like, listen, man. at our 50th wedding anniversary, your parents are going to be there like, ah, these kids are oh, it's so loud. <laughs> We got to go home. It's getting dark out. It's two in the afternoon. Well, we got to go home anyway. That's going to be them. They are old and stubborn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Those two things increasingly mean the same thing. It's true. Um, so, yeah. He, so then I've got uh, I've got stuff from The Guardian, Nick Holis. I'm going to assume, Nick, that you are... No, you know what? I'm not going to assume... Today, we're not assuming anything, goddammit. Because it makes an ass out of you and me. It does. I just coined that phrase. You... Pass it along. <laughs> That's ours now. Because assume you is spelled... You can't use it. A-S-S-U-M-E. No, we get it. But, we get it. So, like, ass and you split it up. Do you get it? Yeah, I do. Thank you. So, the U is like a Y-O-U. You mm. and me. You get it? You get it. I get it. Okay. Um, Nick Holis... They, you, we love you. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. From the Guardian, six twenty one eighteen. You interviewed John Cameron Mitchell, who said, uh, the real test comes when we drop that drag and we see what's underneath, including the scars, including the complexity of what we've been through. There's an understanding that perhaps she, Hedwig, can let go of the bitterness, let go of the victimhood, maybe even let go of the drag, let go of the pronouns, let go of whatever. Yeah. That's weirdly one of our goals. There's an acceptance of it all age-wise, sexuality-wise, gender-wise, what you do with your body, whether you leave your body alone, whether you manipulate it to make it feel closer to what you feel like. It's all about intention and self-discovery and self-realization. Um, and this I've read in several articles. He has he has said this. Uh, obviously, it's very important to him, and I really love it. There are energies that we might call male and female within all of us. When you don't exercise them, they tend to die like a mouse in a wall and they smell up the place. (laughs) You have to use all of these energies or we all know the costs. And I love that because I remember taking a psych of gender class in college and uh, we had to take this test. of how masculine or feminine you were and I was right in the middle and I fought my teacher because I didn't like the idea of using those particular terms um, because in 
many ways I'm extremely feminine. Yeah. But my energy can be very masculine in that I am assertive. I am strong. I'm protective. I'm, you know, so it bugs me that we give men like we're like, this is what makes you a man. And this is what makes you a woman. Yeah. I Um, think he's right. Like, I mean. We all have those energies within us all yeah. the time. I have both those energies. You yeah. Know? Sometimes I can. Plus, you're a cancer, so you're very mothering. Okay. Mm. Um, <laughs> I can be sometimes really traditionally uh, masculine, stereotypically so, or sometimes really traditionally feminine energies, or stereotypically yeah. so. Yeah. So it's just the way it is, you know. Yeah. We all and where where you run into problems, you have these um, politicians who are like. I hate the queers. And then you find out, oh, they're gay. You're gay. Yeah. Okay. Any, yeah. Listen, dude. It is a guarantee. Anyone who is that vocally opposed to something they deem morally reprehensible or bad or evil or that they're like, you're, you're guaranteed they're doing it. Yep. You know? Yep. Like, I don't, I don't rob people's houses. You know? That's not what I do. I have other things to do during the day. Wait, what? I know. But if I like rail, if I, if I talked every time, Every day, if everything you've heard from me was about how bad it is to be like a thief or a robber, you'd be like, you're really hung up on this, man. Do you steal stuff? Why are you always thinking about this? Yes. It's the same principle. Like, if the only thing this dude ever says is like railing against stuff in a homophobic way, yeah, you're, you're gay and you hate yourself and it yeah. sucks and it's sad. Yeah. You're taking it out on people who are being victimized. You mentioned um, earlier, like at the beginning, that musicals uh, are so special because you have these characters who are just like, I'm going to burst into song because it's... Yeah, I think musicals are like one of the purest forms of cinema and movie making. So, um, Film School Rejects, you've got friends. Yes. Yes. Christina Smith, movie musicals are founded on the idea of... This is from Christina. This is not from... um, No, maybe he said it. I I can't really tell. Movie musicals are founded on the idea of spotlighting characters who have something so overpowering to say that hell or high water, they just have to sing about it. Oh, what a beautiful morning. You know? There's a bright golden haze in the meadow. Yes. In these situations, music is the only thing that can come close to expressing the otherwise inexpressible. As our own Matthew Monagle writes. Do you know Matthew Monagle? Okay. Singing is an unfiltered expression of a character's inner monologue, giving way to some of their most genuine moments on screen. And that is a 100% true in this, in this movie. You, the passion, the sadness, the anger, uh, the angst, all of it comes out in the songs. This is not one of those movies where all the songs are the same by any means. No, um, well, first of all, I, I want to say there's an Aldous Huxley quote I've always liked where he says, after silence, that which comes closest to expressing the inexpressible is music. For sure. Which, I mean, and that's that's it. And I also love the, uh, that something you brought up just now, too, This the music here shifts really happily across genres because part of that reflects the all-encompassing nature. Like, the songs aren't all the same. It's like a lot of Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. You know, the songs aren't all the same. And it's also really fun. It reminded me in a lot of ways of... The, uh, the all-encompassing approach that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda did to parts of Hamilton. Mm. You know, because Hamilton, of course, known for, for the rapping. But, like, when you when you actually listen to Hamilton and pay attention to it, like, big picture, yeah, there's there's hip-hop in it. But there's also, Blah. like, there's also, like, a, <laughs> uh, upbeat pop and, like, Beatles-influenced rock and, like, uh, doo-wop stuff. And, like, it's all these types jammed together. Yes. And Hedwig reminded me a lot of that because there's Broadway rock. 
sleep on the watch Now all I've got is a Bobby doll crotch I've got an angry inch Angrier rock. I got it all sewn up and with a cat stone up across my body. And you can trace the lines through the various designs that never cross my body. A collage. I'm also that. A montage. I'm also that. There's songs of like uh, lament and melancholy. There's a sweet little country shuffle number. Yes. Uh, the Sugar Daddy. I've got a sweet tooth, licorice drops and jelly rolls. Hey, Sugar Daddy, Hansel needs some sugar in his bowl. I'll lay out fine shine on the linen and polish up the chrome. If you've got some sugar for me. Sugar daddy, bring it home. And it totally fits. It does. Like it all fits together. So <laughs> when she's shaking her crotch yeah. in that old man's face. It's the kavash, everyone. <laughs> it's a kavash. <laughs> yeah, so good. So I love that it has all these different types of music in it. Yeah. It says um, Hedwig comes to understand her own layered identity through a series of original power ballads and headbangers from Wigan. Power ballads. That's the phrase I was looking for. From Wig in a Box, which is so great. I put on some makeup. Turn on the eight track. Headbangers from uh, Wig in a Box to Midnight Radio. These sequences act as signposts on her quest for achieving fulfillment as a genderqueer artist mm-hmm. and as a person living in a divided world. Now, here we're going this is this is the important, I guess if you're gonna talk about like the most important song um, that's brought up uh, multiple times in the movie and even um, Hedwig even has tattoos about it. These feelings especially come to the forefront in Origin of Love, the film's core ballad. When the earth was still flat, when clouds made of fire, and mountains stretched up to the sky, sometimes higher. Folks roam the earth like big rolling kegs, they had two sets of arms, they sets of legs they had two faces peering out of one giant head so they could walk 
from Plato's Symposium. Um, it's a speech, speech by, by Aristophanes. Mm-hmm. The song tells its origin story of humanity, professing our beginnings as four-legged creatures with two faces. And there's three of us. Um, the two men that are together are the sun. The two women who are together are the earth. And man and woman that are together are the moon. And um, they're split down the middle by a higher power. Basically, Zeus is like, I don't like this shit. I don't like that they're together. They're going to get they're going to figure out they're smarter than us. We're going to split them up. And this is where they do the whole um, awesome animation scene by Emily Hubley. It's great. Which you can look up on her website, emilyhubley.com. H-U-B-L-E-Y. I think she's got the whole sequence there. Also, I'm sure it's on YouTube. I can't do everything for you. You really need to learn to be self-sufficient. You gotta start taking some of these steps on your own. I mean, I'm not your mother. Am I your mother? Holy shit. <sighs> okay. Uh, to Mitchell, love is something that people inherently desire in order to feel complete, and so we spend the rest of our lives trying to find our missing half. The song that expresses those ideas is the one that says he'll... One that he said... She'll, okay, this was bad editing here. Who wrote this? Christina, No. She'll keep singing till I croak. Origin of Love is thus the film's most personal song and is just as informed by Hedwig's own history and desires. Uh, how can you search for your missing half if you exist outside of the binary? And here are lyrics, yeah. which I really love. The pain down in your soul was the same as the one down in mine. That's the pain that cuts a straight line down through the heart. We call it love. Beautiful. Because she was in love and he was her lover, Tommy Gnosis, um, Michael played again, played by Michael Pitt. Um, and he dumps her when he realizes that she's got the angry inch and um, then steals all their songs and becomes a huge mega pop star. Mm-hmm. Men suck. Sorry. Let's just talk about that. Oh, I wanted to say got a lot of great stuff about the movie i mean i could go on yeah, for like forever a, and ever and ever it's a really really well-made movie and uh i mentioned something earlier about how they make their budget work and it's it's really cannily done like they just use a lot of like really carefully crafted exteriors and some sound effects to make it feel like it's happening at bigger venues or with more going on than you might realize. Yes. But they make up for that by the, the, the cinematography is gorgeous. It's shot really well. It's composed really well. It feels really, really slick and, and good looking. And it's again, another reminder of how, you know, this market for movies at that budget, I mean, it's, it's gone, it's disappeared. I mean, you can sometimes get them on streaming services now, but I mean, $6 million is nothing. The only people making movies for that now are Blumhouse making horror movies for people that they can like underpay. Like you're not going to get 6 million bucks or 10 unless you're doing something like that. Yeah. Certainly not for something like this today. That's very which true. Which is a shame um, because it's a really, it's a well-made movie. Like again, the, these, these songs tell the story, but it cuts so smoothly between 
flashback and present day songs and performance and the effects it's having on the audiences that are watching it that it it just feels really really organic like it, it never feels boring or dull and it feels like there's a downtime or like they like run out of energy and have to like get it back together yeah it i never checked too. i never checked my watch during this one no it just builds and builds and again i love that the finale is this big you know metaphorical philosophical thing happening in like this reality bending way it's and it's really well put together and gorgeously shot and it's just awesome it's fun to watch yeah so i want to say something about stephen trask because he should not be ignored um oh actually let me say this it didn't make a lot of money but it won fucking everything that it was not like it was nominated for every critic society oh sure was like oh my god independent film sundance everyone went completely mm-hmm. bug fuck for this movie no surprise um and actually, John Cameron Mitchell was nominated for a Golden Globe for um, Best Actor in a Musical. Which or is so whatever. rare that you actually get a musical. I know, right? An actual like, musical. This is exciting. Usually He's they're what like, gay? musical or no. comedy is like whatever. Well, the Globe should love that. But like, musical or comedy is just like their it's catch-all true. category. Yeah. He, they won Best Director and Audience Awards at Sundance, Best Directorial Debut from National Board of Review, the Gotham Awards, Los Angeles Film Critics Association. I mean, it was just a whole bunch of other stuff. Stephen Trask composed the music and lyrics for everything. He has done, he received an Obie Award for the play and a Grammy Award nomination for the movie. He's also in the movie. He's the lead guitarist. It has a, he has like a Russian name that I can't pronounce in the movie. He's done five films with filmmaker Paul Weitz. He's composed a lot of scores for a lot of shitty movies, but he composed the score for The Station Agent, which is great, and also Dreamgirls, which I was like, what? Bizarre. Because I love Dreamgirls. It just, I would not have, it surprised me. Um, Also, I wanted to say, poor uh, John Cameron Mitchell is obviously one of those guys that has a five o'clock shadow at like 11 o'clock, so he had to shave constantly. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. Um, He says in the DVD commentary, Pitt was uncomfortable with their prolonged kissing scene, complaining about being scratched by Mitchell's stubble. Mitchell mentioned Pitt consuming an onion and garlic directly before shooting the scene. What a dick. What a fucking asshole. First of all, I don't like Michael Pitt. I've said it. Is it because he's creepy looking? He is so creepy looking. Like an evil doll that's come to life. He is so that mouth fucking creeps me out. And those, he looks like he looks, he has dead eyes. I don't like him. Sorry if you do. No, I'm not sorry if you do. I think you're creepy if you like him. That's right. I said it. You're creepy and he's creepy. Mm Mm-hmm. DJ Amanda, DJ mm-hmm. Amanda MC. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to be best friends anymore, I understand. It's okay if you're a Michael Pitt fan. If you're a Michael Pitt fan, but we just can't make it, you and me. By the way, I was looking up some other stuff because I wanted to think about why this movie got overlooked so hard. First of all, do you know what other musical came out in 2001? No. Moulin Rouge. Oh, shit. Which got a fair bit of play. Also, this movie was released in July of 01. Came out in the middle of the summer of 01. Other movies that came out in 2001... Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, shit. Monsters, Inc., Shrek, Ocean's Eleven, and later that year, The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Also, the Planet of the Apes remake and Jurassic Park 3. So, dropping this in the summer was My a... jaw is on the floor. Basically, putting a movie like this out in the summer anytime is burying it. You're putting a bullet in its head. This movie's not going to do well. No, you put it out in December. Tops, yeah. Like, I mean, it's not going to... But yeah, like, they dropped it in the summer, and the summer of those giant Jesus. family movies. I'm amazed I saw it. 
Yeah, and then of course the Oscar bait that year was uh, let's see, Moulin Rouge won some awards and, and did some Globe stuff, Come but what may. Uh, the uh, the award winners that year were things like A Beautiful Mind, Gosford Park. Gosford Park is one of my top three favorite movies Royal, ever. Royal Tenenbaums, In the Bedroom. Jesus. Um, yeah, Memento. So 2001 was a... a lot happened in 01, and so this just it just got swallowed up. Well, bless its little heart. Also in 2001, Kate and Leopold. I love you, Jackman. So there you much. go. And Amelie. You don't have a soul if you don't love Hugh Jackman. This Hugh, is what I say. Hugh Jackman's great. Hey, did you see that joke that's going around? Oh, about no, how, no, no. Oh, my God. Okay, go ahead. How Hugh Jackman and Gene Hackman should switch last names. So it would be Hugh Hackman and Gene Jackman. This is what I'm working with. I think it's fucking brilliant. This is what I'm working with. You like it. I I I sort of like it. Um, you guys need to check out the podcast called Anthem Homunculus that is out. It's got 31 songs, a six-hour, 10-episode musical podcast that uh, John Cameron Mitchell has put out. It's in collaboration with composer Brian Weller. Um, Mitchell says, this is again from The Artery by Jim Sullivan. Jim, I'm assuming you're a man. And I don't care. Um, Mitchell says the podcast originated as a Hedwig sequel, but Hedwig had too much baggage. It was like putting a hat on a hat. Yeah, Hedwig's perfect. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. So it became much more autobiographical or an alternate biography. Mitchell, whose character C.N. McKay lives in Hedwig's trailer, will be joined by Glenn Close, Patty Lupone, there is no other Fontaine, Cynthia Erivo, my goddess, Dennis O'Hare, Laurie Anderson, and Marion Cotillard. That's a sick cast. Word. Mitchell conceived the podcast as an audio telethon where McKay is raising money to get his tumor out on an app, like a live Kickstarter, a comic life flashing before his eyes before he perhaps meets his maker. Um, so check that podcast out because holy shit, can you imagine the music? Yeah. I need to, I'm, I will report back. You should. And again, the fundraising scenario has a real-life corollary for Mitchell, and it is, in fact, part of the reason that he's doing a four-date origin U.S. tour. I imagine that was in the past. I mean, I mean this was from 2-26-19. And plans yeah. to bring it to Japan. He needs to raise money for his mother's Alzheimer's Jeez. care. I know. There's some irony, too, in that his mother, a conservative Catholic, was no Hedwig fan. <laughs> oh. He's a good son. <laughs> but uh, he's a very good son. So I just think, I mean, I could go on and on I know. and on and it's on a, and It's on a great movie. I was thinking, you know, as I was watching it, and it, when it ended, I thought I would buy this. And I don't buy that many movies because, you know, what? Why are you making the face at me? You buy movies. Or is it video games? Yeah, it's the other one. Okay. Those are different. Um, <gasps> I was being a joking. Sassafras. Yeah. Um, because... I usually, even if I love a movie, I'm like, how often am I gonna like want to like rewatch it or revisit it or own it? But like, this was really good. I know, man, this was great. It's almost like I have, it's almost like I have like amazing taste in film. You do have amazing taste in films. Amazing. Yeah, and it, what's great too about this is whenever she shows me a movie, or whatever, it works both ways. You know, like there's always like that silence at the end of it. And she's sitting there like, what did you think? And I was like, I loved it. And you were like, you did. You were so happy. I know. I, I was it. super jacked that he yeah. loved it because he didn't sing along. There's a part. Oh, my God. There's a part of the movie where they want you to sing along. So they put the lyrics up. Oh, sorry. They put the lyrics up and they have a bouncing wig that um, 
leads you along yeah. to sing. <laughs> and I am just like singing at the top of my lungs. And yeah. Daniel was not singing. And I was like, oh, he doesn't like it. I didn't want to sing along. I don't know why. I know. I don't know. I mean, you'll I caterwaul all day long, but you won't sing when they ask you to sing. I don't even really sing along with musicals that I already know the music to. I can't get you to stop singing the music, man. But when I'm watching it, I don't sing with it. I'm okay. just watching the movie or well, the yeah, show. Well, yeah, but they wanted you to sing. They I know, told you but to I didn't sing. know it that well, and I was learning it. And okay, yeah. well, anyway, it was very good. You guys, like, we've left a lot of stuff out, and you guys really need to see this movie if you haven't, because I. Promise you, I promise you, mm-hmm. it is worth it. It is wonderful. It is of its time, but it is also very would prescient be the word? Prescient. Yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. And uh and I love that. And I love John Cameron Mitchell, who you can see on Shrill on Hulu playing the evil fat phobic boss. Bum bum bum. Amy Bryant who is adorable. Yeah. Uh, and he is also working on a new show for Hulu that he won't say anything about, but he's basically said cool. that if you want to make any money, it's in TV nowadays. You yep. can't make any money in movies. Nope. Which, you know, and of course, movie theaters are under um, attack with this virus. Yeah. Mo- There's a virus going around guys. Yeah. Just, m- uh, a lot of movie releases have been canceled and know. postponed. Yeah. A friend of mine in LA posted a pic today that uh, the arc light, is uh, they're still open and selling tickets, but they've blocked off every other row. Same with Houston. Yeah. So same with Houston. They're only allowing a certain capacity. Yeah. I think fifty percent. I can't remember. I think that's right. So which like I don't know why you would go. I don't know why you would. Go. Anyway, first of all, they're, they're disgusting when there's not a global pandemic. Plus, fifty percent capacity is still like a couple hundred people in yeah. this room. Yeah. There. I mean, breathing for a couple I hours. I don't like being there when no. it's not when it's not a yeah. global pandemic. Gross. Uh, so stay home and and kick it on your Netflix and your Amazon Prime and your Apple TV and yep. your Disney, Disney Plus, Plus and, and Hulu your Hulu and, and all that shit. If you're um if you're in the mood, I highly recommend McMillions again. And we finished that and it was amazing. Also, we finished The Outsider that was amazing. And if you like Tangled, the series on. <laughs> I was watching some of the Tangled series with my niece it's on Disney really Plus the other day. It's really fucking good. And I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I was like, it's not, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll see what happens. I'm just hanging out watching her and she's kind of sick and we're babysitting just a couple weeks ago. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I want to see what happens in the next one. It's to be continued. I mean, they got to get the king and queen back from the, <laughs> their, their carriage wrecked at, and that on that icy mountain. How are they going to get out of this? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you've got kids, you know, and you're looking for something to do with them, you know, what, maybe the Tangled show. Why not? It's not that bad. And you know what? We don't judge if you want to watch it. No, it's it's all you. I mean... There's no judgments. No judgments. Judgment, first of all, bad idea. But it's suspended during this. Also, they have a ton of great voice talent on that show. It's not it's not yeah, just isn't like... Yeah, Kristen Bell the... Yeah, uh, Kristen Bell and Julie... From Modern Family? Bowen. Yeah, Julie Bowen. Julie yeah. Bowen and... Um, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. They've got a ton. And then they've got that kid on, who's on Broadway who is singing the... Um, yep. That one. There's great music in it. It's... I don't know why we've gone from... Well, musicals. Okay. Yep. So there we're it tying it you up. Got it. We're you tying got it. it up. Hedwig. <laughs> you brought that plane in for a landing. You got Everybody, it. Everybody, you can put the oxygen masks back up. Yep. Everyone's fine. We're going to be okay. <laughs> yep. So... So, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But now, great movie, great movie. I would really consider 
uh, I would strongly recommend everybody to to rent it or buy it or get your hands on it. And right now, as of the day you're listening to this, it is streaming on HBO Now. Yes. So check it out. Uh, but yeah, great movie that I'm really glad I saw and would totally want to rewatch. Yes. Great movie. So what's your hell yeah for the week? These are some shut-in focused hell yeahs which for is, me today. Which is appropriate. Because we're all staying away from people. We're watching maybe even more of our phones and TVs and computers than usual, which is All I do is lot. refresh my phone. It's yeah. terrible. So a couple things that I like to watch and enjoy. Um, one is blooper reels from my favorite sitcoms on youtube <laughs> yes i it sounds weird what you might be saying no it doesn't you might be pulling down your mask now and taking off your hazmat suit to yell what at your computer <laughs> it's hilarious um if you've got a show that you love there's a gag reel that came with the dvd set and somebody's put it on youtube by now go watch it and you will see comic actors you love breaking and fucking up for like minutes on end and making each other laugh. And it is so funny watching them fuck up and try not to make each other laugh on the show. And like, I love watching blooper reels from like The Office or Parks and Rec. It's so fun. Yes. I love revisiting those. And those are just really fun comfort watches for me. Yes. Especially a lot of people will put together like super cuts. Like I found one of The Office the other day that was like season one through nine bloopers. And you're just parked for an hour watching this. And you're like, this is unhappy. That's all I need. Another thing I would recommend to you is get a good VPN service. I use NordVPN. There are plenty out there. But a VPN service will let you from your phone or computer or if there's a, an app for your, your TV watching device, connect to the internet with a different country's IP so that you can watch Netflix or whatever and tell it that you're in a different country and see different things than you would get on U.S. Netflix. That's how yeah. I rewatched. The other day I was uh, curious about rewatching Moneyball, so I rewatched it on Canadian Netflix using my phone. So thanks, eh? Yeah, check out. Uh, just get a good VPN service, and especially now that we're going to be kind of spending more time indoors, and you're looking for stuff. Uh, there are also websites you can find to search uh, Netflix internationally. The one that I've been using is uh, I think just called FlixWatch. Yeah, it's FlixWatch.co, and you can search worldwide netflix and it will tell you what country something's playing in and then just connect your vpn to that country and then there you go so if you're looking for stuff to watch this has more variety of stuff than you might get on u.s stealing services. content from all over the world you're still paying for it you pay you're paying for the vpn and <laughs> yeah i'm happy to do this because i think if it's on netflix it should be on netflix wherever Everywhere. there's netflix I so concur. go for it I but those are my hell yes blooper reels and a vpn knock yourself out I'm yeah. I'm just proud of you that it's not a book. I'm I'm a literate person. I actually bought a new book last night. Would you? Uh, well, uh, it's it would be ugh. it's part of the Rivers of London series uh, by uh, Ben Aronovich. Uh, Aronovich, yeah, uh -huh. yeah. But that's yeah. not my hell yeah. Okay. But I mean, I love it. But it's not my hell yeah. Okay. Um, my hell yeah is uh, supporting small businesses during this time. Good call. As an artist and as a person who has. 8 billion artist friends. Uh, if you, I am, I am enjoying this. I'm online shopping because you can't go out and you don't want to anyway. Um, if you can support um, small shops uh, online, you should do that. If you want to go to my personal Instagram, um, Trace, oh, yeah. what is it? Trace, Tracy MCTX. Yes. Tracy MCTX. And look at who I follow. Uh, I follow a lot of really rad people, especially jewelry, if you're into that. 
you know, consider that they are having markets canceled by the handful and it's yeah. terrifying because this That's is how they make their livelihood, yeah. how they make their living. Ugh. And so, uh, shop small if you can. I mean, other than the toilet paper that you apparently need from Costco, just poop out in the backyard, just, use a leaf. Yeah. Um, and shop small. If you are a Houston listener and you are very sad about the rodeo, being shut down for the first time in 90 years. Very smart thing to do. Very sad for us Houstonians. Uh, A very smart lady created a group um, called like Houston Rodeo Vendors. You can search for it or whatever. And for all... On Facebook. On Facebook. For all of the people that, um, that love to do all like the big shopping and stuff, it's like a western christmas market i don't know how to describe it it's really awesome like there are people that come from all over the country to sell like turquoise jewelry and you know their handmade things and handmade whatever and they they count on these however many weeks the the rodeo is to make a lot of money it's like at least two weeks long and they lost out on that and so um This lady was like, fuck that. I'm going to create this group on Facebook. And then all of the artists can go on there. And if there was something you were looking for, you can ask about it. Like this one lady posted, she's like, I saw this shirt and I wanted to go back and get it, but I couldn't because they closed the rodeo. Does anybody know where it's from? Or other people are like, hey, we make the taffy that you come every year and buy and you can buy it here on our website. And I have chills right now because I love the idea of people helping people. It just makes me all tingly. So I've been surfing through that because it makes me happy. I keep showing Daniel stuff that he's super glad that we weren't at the rodeo because he would have (laughs) been me like... I would have like thrown myself across the table weeping. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I just really encourage you guys to use this chance to, if you, if you want to do some early Christmas shopping or anything like that, have a Christmas, have a, have a gift closet like I do. Support your local vendors and makers because you know, everybody's being hit hard by this, obviously. But if you can help keep like local restaurants, local vendors, local artists afloat a little more, that's going to do wonders for them because you know, the folks who come to the rodeo, they're, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars they're now out. Yep. They were counting on those sales. Yep. You know, it's it's a big thing. So it try is. and look for ways that you can help people. It is. So mm-hmm. we love you guys. We love the whole world. Oh, another hell yeah. And this is very short. Okay. Go online and search for Italians singing to each other because you will cry and laugh. Um, These Italians that are all being kept in their homes and not allowed to leave all over the country in all the cities, Siena, Napoli, Milano, they're all singing out of their windows to each other. And it, it is so fucking beautiful. And it is so Italian. That's why they're my favorite country. They're just so amazing. So search for that and it will like lift your spirits. Yeah, and it's great. wash your fucking hands. Wash your fucking hands. You don't need that shit. What is it? Purell. Just wash your hands. Soap and water. Cough into your elbow. Wash your hands. And we give you permission right now. If you are out and you are at a restaurant or something and some dill hole just coughs or sneezes out into the air. You what, can shame them. You can shame them. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can yell, cover your mouth, and the whole group will be on your side. Yep. This, this is, is the one time when you can do that. This is the time for public shaming. Yep. Just say, cover your mouth. Yeah. You don't have to swear. If you want to, you can. Daniel probably will. I probably will. 
But yeah, let it go. And thank you for indulging our our maybe a little bit extra long episode. Who cares? It was a really good movie. You're inside anyway. Who gives You're a shit? You're inside. You don't have anything to do. Yeah. Clean your house. We're not. I'm not. Um, I'm just going to burn my trash out in the backyard. We love you. I love you, my new best friend. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, tell your husband sounds cool, too. He and I can be yeah, friends. Yeah, tell your husband that, that he and Dan Mills, he doesn't want to. <laughs> That's, you know, I'd understand. <laughs> I wouldn't even be upset. I'd understand. You guys write us at, uh, Daniel actually checked the email, and we do have. <laughs> you have the password. He, I can <laughs> check the emails again. We're going to, we're actually going to do some viewer mail, uh, maybe uh-huh. in a. Sometime Maybe soon, next week. Think, I don't know. We don't know. We're figuring something out. But um, write us at notseenthispod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us at all of the social sites at notseenthispod. And please rate, review, and subscribe. And wash your hands. We love you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Okay, everybody. I put on some makeup.